All right. Well, hey, welcome to another uh, Midmitten Gaming podcast. I totally know what this thing is called <laughs> that we've been doing. Uh, oh, hospital, I, he's having a stroke. <laughs> seriously. Uh, well, I'm one of your hosts, uh, GM Jeff, and uh, the, the other uh, voice you heard is what, what's Hugo. your nickname? What? <laughs> Spanish for juice. Hugo. You know, you probably mispronounced that. Uh, Maybe no, not actually. Google, I didn't actually. So, well, Google and Google, there's no uh, problems there. All right, so with is Juice, and we're also joined uh, by Jager Madsen. Uh, he is the current champion from the Adepticon tournament, and so yeah, all the pleasure to join you guys. Yeah, we're we're happy that you can. Um, so uh, we're not gonna do hobby progress because we. Literally just did that yesterday. Um, I don't have anything to report, Juice, <laughs> to, to you. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> it anyway. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing a special episode here. We're excited about it. Uh, we're so glad that uh, Jager, uh, you know, and uh, he, he came in. He's going to do this interview with us. We're just going to ask some questions, go through some fun stuff, and uh, just have a good time, and hopefully give you guys some insight into the mind of a champion. And uh, also yeah. uh, also uh, just, uh, you know, some general talk about the hobby and free blades in general, and we hope you enjoy it. So with that, Jeff, do you want to kick yeah. us off with uh, so, the first little intro? Yeah, so Jager, I'd love to hear how you got into miniature wargaming, because, you know, everybody has a different story. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, really over many, many years of my life, I had an interest in like things like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, tabletop RPGs, etc. Uh, I had a passing interest in the lore of Warhammer 40k, but I could never get into the hobby because I was just a kid. I didn't have the absorbent <laughs> amount of money that is required. You didn't uh, have the finances. <laughs> our, our lovely overlords at Games Workshop. Um, and me and my dad both had an interest in getting into some sort of tabletop, uh, miniatures game to play together. Uh, and we found free blades at a local, uh, convention, uh, held at one of, uh, high schools nearby. And we hmm. ran into Julian John over at, uh, DGS games at the convention and they did a demo for us, uh, of free blades and me and him, absolutely fell in love with the game and it was a really good price point for the both of us to get into and start playing together and that was like seven years ago now it was like 2015 when oh wow we got into it okay i was still in college at the time so you've been playing for a while how old are you can i ask that absolutely uh i am 25 25 all right very cool i know i'm older Sweet. than i look yeah <laughs> I was expecting that's, twelve. That's really cool, though. It's kind of cool to see. So I'm. I would call myself. I don't know. New generation war gamer. Um, my intro game was also not Warhammer 40k, though I saw it first. I played War Machine for the first time as my first like miniatures game. So it's kind of cool. To start seeing that new generation starting to pick up where it's like not GW games that introed them into the hobby. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So cool, you guys, you got into miniature wargaming at a like local high school convention a couple, a, num a number of yep. years ago, like seven years ago, you said? Six or seven, yeah, Six or something seven. around that time frame. Gotcha. Does your dad still play with you? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he still participates in some of our local tournaments and our uh, tournaments uh, and campaign games. So we still have a lot of fun playing Freeblades together. Uh, usually when we can't get a campaign, one of our weekly campaign games in, we just play each other here at home, which makes it that's sweet. convenient. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's really awesome. cool that you guys have that to to do together. Yeah. So, so yeah, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it up to Adepticon. Uh, I had to go alone. But hey, but you came right, and are, yeah. uh, I assume you're pretty happy that you came. Absolutely. Um, Adepticon was it pretty good for you? That, oh yeah, this Adepticon, is all script. <laughs> yeah, Adepticon was great. Um, over over the many years, I've always wanted to come to one of the major conventions and participate in in one of the big uh, Freeblades tournaments, and I never had the opportunity to. I was either too busy doing other things or didn't have the money to make the trip uh, wherever I needed to go. Uh, now that I'm a functioning, working adult with some actual uh, spare cash, I said, you know what? I finally am able to do it. I don't care how much it's going to cost. I'm doing it. Great. Yeah, there you go. I finally made it. That's awesome. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and get into these questions here. So first off, uh, it's a good segue. How did you feel going into the tournament, like your general feel? Uh, going into the tournament, uh, I was actually a little nervous, especially going into the first game. I'm sure we'll get into this later, talking a little bit about the faction that I'm playing. That I was playing, but I decided to play Chakram, and I had never played Chakram in a tournament before. Uh, I had found some really good success with the Trazerite faction, usually getting around second or third. I'm actually pretty well known in the KC area for always being second and third, just behind whoever ended up winning first. I could never break through and get that uh, first position spot. So I decided to try and switch things up and move over to Chakram and try Chakram out and see how it went. And I didn't really get the chance to do any practice games with my list. So it was an untested list. I had never played with it before. Dang. So there were a little bit of nerves going with that. But uh, once I got through the that first game and the first game went so well for me, I really shook those off and I was just excited to be there. Like, so anyway, I started spitting. So anyways, I started spitting. <laughs> yeah, she's so Pete's. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so kind of nervous coming into the first game, but uh, found your feet under you after that and felt a lot better. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, well, so you mentioned you're playing Chakram there. Uh, love for you to walk us through your list design. Like, so what was your list and then like, why did you decide to take those things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started with the basis of, uh, doing the alternate leader for a shellback, uh, leader. I decided to do that because I think the shellback works a little bit better, uh, for the leader position, uh, than the steel fang does. The steel fang is really, really powerful and is super useful, but you can still really get into an awkward position with the steel fang and you can kind of burst her down a little bit if you're not careful. And that can really cause some problems, especially if you're running uh, steel fang as your leader. Uh, and the tankiness of the shellback really lends itself to just getting in there, standing in the middle, being that beacon for everybody else to work around. Uh, plus, getting him up from a D10 to a D12 uh, attack roll with his D8 plus plus two 
damage roll is really good because he hits like a truck and being able to hit more consistently just helps with that um yeah so just four that, wounds I, yeah exactly four wounds and six armor is pretty handy strength um, bonus too yeah all that strength bonus uh along with that i ran two uh downgraded steel fangs i downgraded two steel fangs to heroes because steel fangs on their own as heroes are just fantastic because you've got that big d10 sweep attack with the d10 damage running two of them it, it they're just absolute powerhouses that can sweep through large swaths of followers uh and you can get away with it a bit uh with the lower life points because the steel fang still has an absolutely incredible d12 dodge and you're going down from a d12 to a d10 melee attack and that brings your parry down to a d10 but still some decent defensive stats to deal with a uh, hero nice and stay alive yeah definitely i that's a good idea with the downgrade i didn't think about follower killers with the sweep and everything still but that's really good it's, it's kind of a fun contrast too compared to the other shotgun players i saw um it's very unique take on it for sure exactly uh they also combined very well with my spitters i ran four spitters as followers uh using the backstep ability of a steel fang once you clear out some of those followers and you get into a one-on-one -on -one with the hero you can attach a uh, spitter with the steel fang and then the steel fang can do backstep they are stuck in combat with the spitter and you get free charges off every turn I ended up not using that tech uh, so much during the tournament it just didn't uh, come out into the situations where I could use that as much as I wanted to but it worked out anyways uh, yeah sometimes sometimes those combos are really cool but they like just don't present themselves yeah, and it's exactly. really you did you did a smart thing there it sounds like by not chasing the combo because uh exactly. you can you can get into trouble by chasing combos yeah breaks his hand yep the combo is really nice but you gotta find the right opportunities and if it's not there you gotta accept that it's not there yep um i ran my caster the narratix caster obviously uh narratix caster is just an absolutely incredible caster it's one of my favorites so nice absolute no-brainer to do, bring do you have narrative. like a favorite spell that's on him or something what makes him one of your favorites uh probably one of my favorite spells is wall of water uh any of my casters that have walls i think all my main casters have walls um with the fire wizard having the wall of fire and the narratix having a wall of water uh, the Trazerite caster I don't think has a wall offhand, but no. being able to throw up a wall and just out-position my opponent because they have to deal with not being able to run and I can just run through it no problem is just so good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. nice. Uh, and then as a supporting unit, I brought in two Trasilisks, uh, the new Chakra model with their three attacks and the range attack. That initial charge that the Traslicks go is just absolutely brutal. Just a D10 ranged attack as they throw in. And then the three attacks follow up if you're just trying to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. I was on the receiving end of that a couple times. Yeah, it is absolutely brutal. Um, did, did you find them to be uh, like squishy or. Usually. Because they don't have any I, defensive talents unless yeah, they, they get, don't, use a Their block. only defensive talent is their block. Yep. Generally, the way I found to use the Trasilisk was I would use the Cutlass as a parry, 
and mm -hmm. then just you do three attacks, the ranged attack plus the two claws. Okay. Uh, the claws are running D8s instead of D10, so they're less likely to hit in the melee, but once they do hit, it's a D8 damage, which is still substantial. Um, you're likely to hit one of those two minimum, if not both, and then you've got D8 damage rolls to go along with that, and then that D10 parry just kind of helps you out. Um, usually when I ran at followers or somebody that had like one health with uh, the Trasilisk and I got my charge off, I would do just full four attacks just to try and burst them down, make sure mm -hmm. I killed them. Because uh, I wouldn't need to parry it from then on. So their squishiness didn't tend to be a problem. Cool. It's just curious. I mean, they're a 4-4, four so they're not really squishy. But Exactly. But they, uh, without you know having to give up that attack for the defensive Tends talent. Defensive talent, yeah. Yeah, cool. Makes uh, a difference. So that's yep. six. That's six heroes. Did you bring a seventh? Uh, no, I brought uh, those six heroes. Or no, I did bring a seventh. I almost forgot my headhunter. Uh, classic headhunter. That good. My love of the headhunter goes back all the way to my uh, first demo that I played with my dad at the uh, convention at the local convention. I played bandits, and he played. I believe it was Falcarns. Erdogan. I think it was Falcarns. Um, and I got to use the headhunter, and I absolutely fell in love with the concept of the headhunter getting to run in and hitting even harder once you make him angry. And I've been wanting to use a headhunter in one of my factions for a long time. That's partially what brought me into the idea of playing Chakram. Gotcha. Uh, so nice. good supporting unit that just hits like a truck. I generally kept him in the middle with my shellback uh, to give him a little bit of uh, discipline bonus. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't like that discipline. I had one fail against a poor uh, yep. muster thresher in the tournament, and I was like, whoop, feels bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Well, hey, now now that my... the, now there's new ally rules, you might be able to bring that uh, I'm pretty sure that Trasorites can more. take Trasilisk and Headhunter, Headhunter now. Yes, they can. Uh, so it's I'll beautiful. be looking into that. <laughs> I was like I a Trasilisk in Trazorites. Hmm. I do like my Trasilisk. I do like my Trazorites. I like my Headhunters. It's going to be a fun combination. I'm looking forward to uh, testing those out. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, so with that, uh, well, you were talking wait, about your was that oh, your entire Was that your entire list? Uh, I also had four spitters uh, as supporting okay. followers. Uh, gotcha. So I was running a total of 11 models. Nice. Nice. Spitters are the bee's knees now that they can throw that spit. Yeah, being able to throw the spit is just a huge improvement on spitters to what they used to be. Uh, I considered spitters almost unusable uh, when they had the longer range, but without thrown. Now that they have thrown, they are just absolute beasts and are yeah. complete follower killers. Yeah, it was ironic how I went from, I've been in, I think, four tournaments before this, maybe more never seen a spitter in any of those now of course it came out later and all that jazz but um i haven't seen the spitter and then it, the rules change and we have three three chakra players oops in uh the tournament this last adepticon and i was like wow okay yeah lots of lots of those guys coming out cool so uh yeah so thanks for going over the list with us um with that in mind what what would you say was your hardest match during the tournament then Easily my hardest match, and I'm going to kind of cheat here because I played against Art twice. It's both <laughs> of my games against Art. 
Uh, Art was also playing Chakram. He was playing a slightly different list I was. Uh, he ran two Headhunters, Steel Fang Leader, a lot more followers. He had like yes. seven or eight followers. He had um, five Spitters and three Gora. I think that's right. Yes, five Spitters, three Goras. So he was running eight followers to my four followers. So he just had a lot more models on the board than I did. Um, my list did very well against uh, other factions, but going up against another Chakram faction, I kind of lose some of my advantages that I really take advantage of and use to make my fact my list as best it can. Waterwall. Going up against <laughs> that, yeah, like things like Waterwall. Uh, going up against that mirror match really put my list to the test and it did not go well in our first game but went uh much better in our second so you lost uh, so your first game against art is that right i did lose my first game against art but you both uh, made the we, cut we both made the cut uh and we rematched in the semifinals, uh and i managed to pull out a win against him and in our first game art completely outplayed me uh, we were playing Return to Camp, where you have oh, yeah. three loot markers and you're trying to get uh, your loot markers to your opponent's edge. Uh, Art put all three of his loot markers onto the right side of the board. We had uh, three major lanes on our map, mm -hmm. put them all on the right side. I had initiative, so I moved a large majority of my army to that right side uh, to engage with him there. And he just dipped right on out of there, swung all the way around to the far left side of the map, I got I got two loot markers off for that, but my third loot marker, which was on the left side, got absolutely clobbered, um, and I just couldn't keep up. He outran me back over to the left side and had enough chaff with his long list of followers yeah. to just slow me down long enough, and he completely baited me and outplayed me. It was really well played. Yeah, Art's a Art's a crafty a crafty dude. He is, yeah. His list is agorable. Uh, just kidding. Agorable. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, sorry, I had to. And then, but yeah. then, yeah, go ahead. Uh, fortunately, our second game was Frontier, where it suited me getting into combat with him because it's more focused on holding the objectives. Uh, and the dice were a bit more in my favor that game than they were in my first game with uh, Art. Yeah, I gotcha. Yep. Yeah, the yeah it was skirmish, right? This was just the one in the middle. Uh, yeah, skirmish was game four. Uh, the semifinal game. Was oh, it was frontier. Yeah. Frontier. That's right. Yep, that's right. Man, this is a crazy game. Yeah, we had, we had a I had a sim very similar experience. I played Tim Peasley in the uh, normal rounds and beat him pretty handedly, um, and then we played again frontier. And uh, he he won in the end. We fought to a draw, and then he won the leader battle, which was completely insane. That so, leader battle was so entertaining to watch, by the way. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad someone enjoyed it. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, the dice have just decided. Well, and uh, in my game against Tim, I I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but in my game against Tim, that one, uh, he crit his leader his wolf carl crit both my questing knights of tenar off the field in one round so he one-shotted the one and then the next turn charged the other one and one-shotted that 
and that so disgusting. and I only broke by that second one being one shotted. So like yeah. if any if any you know if he hadn't one shotted one of those two models, I would have won. So it was it because he would have uh, broken. So anyway, it's just it you know that's how the dice go though you know sometimes. Yeah. So it was a it was a fun. This game could have been a very different podcast if that hadn't have happened. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it could have been a different podcast. Who knows? You and I will have to play sometime in the future and Definitely. see what would have happened. Yeah, I'm gonna need you guys to knock each other I... out in the next tournament so I can make top. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know if I would have beaten you in the finals if you had won that game. It's I have no idea. Say. Yeah, I have no idea. I it, looked at your it, list. It would be tough. So, uh, hey, Jeff, but Jeff cut his hair though, so his weakness, you know. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so what was uh so. <laughs> Those were two of your hardest matches. What was like the single biggest moment um, over the course of the tournament? The single you? biggest moment is absolutely hilarious. It was my very first game of the tournament uh, when I was shaking off the uh, the dust of my uh, tournament playing. Yeah. Uh, I was playing against uh, Joshua Snowbarger. Oh, yeah, and sure. And his Kandorans. Uh, and their immunity to poison. Well. <laughs> yep, so a lot of Im- immunity to poisons, which was very obnoxious for me and my spitters. Uh, I didn't bet. quite to get to do what I wanted. Uh, he really shut down my steel fangs as well because uh, he had a pair of protector models to shut down my sweeps. Laughs and undead. Yeah. Laughs and Kandoran. It was a tough one, uh, but the game ended up going pretty well for me, uh, particularly at one point he had two of the little minion shamblers uh, mm-hmm. with his leader and my Trasselist took out one of them in ranged and then charged the other one on the very next turn. And that was on the middle of the board. I needed that Trasselist to clear that, uh, that shambler so that my leader and my headhunter could 2v1 his leader in the middle. And I needed my Trasselist on the right side of the board where we had a large skirmish going on back and forth on the right side of the board. And I needed some extra assistance from my Trasselist. So I needed to get in there, get that Chambler dead, reposition, be ready to assist on my next turn on the right side of the board. I charged in, did all three attacks because it's a Chambler. He's got one life point, most likely kill him. Get in there, get out, all said and done. Hit uh, on the cutlass and one of the claws. So I have a D6 and a D8, and the Shambler only has two AV. Yep. Either of these don't roll a one, and he's dead. And Josh said, roll double ones. Sure enough, I rolled him, and sure enough, double ones. Jeez. I said, ah. I immediately said, nah, screw that. Pulled up his fate stone off, re-rolled the D8, <laughs> and killed him. Oh, man. <laughs> nah, screw that. <laughs> So your Trasselist had Fate Stone from earlier in the game? Yeah, he got a Fate Stone from critting the other Shambler that he oh, threw nice, uh, Spirit. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah I, I know I know your pain. I did a Shield Bash and just literally needed to hit one and do a little damage. I think I needed a four to hit and three for damage, and I tarched a Shield Bash, two, a D6 and a D10, plus one, mind you. <laughs> D6 and D8, just can't roll one, double ones. Yeah. Nah, screw that. That's that's how it goes sometimes. I gotta say, you just like my uh, one of the biggest moments for me is my wild wing uh, standing still, gonna do a dance of I think it's the hawk, give all my eight charging models assault, and touch the roll. 
Wow. And I'm like, all you need was a two on a D10. I had a 90% success. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So yeah, that that was the most funny moment. And another big moment was in the finals. Uh, I had a Steel Fang uh, crit kill a follow an Erdogar follower. I think it was an unproven. Got a Fate Stone. And he remains unproven. Yeah, and he remains unproven. Uh, him, the steel, the steel fang, and a Trasilis jumped a berserker that was out of position. Do uh, did the damage, double crit the damage roll when mm. it only had one life point left. So that steel fang got two more fate stones, which turned into a destiny stone. So the steel fang, that steel fang got a fate stone and a destiny stone all on his own. Fought the. Uh, the Erdogar leader, uh, the Wolf Carl, in one on one with only one health left. I'm like, this Steel Fang's dead. My Trasilis that was there jumped the Night Hunter because I was going, my intention was to trade the Steel Fang for his Night Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured that would be a worth trade. I was already ahead. That unit was probably dead no matter what was going to happen. I'm like, I'm just going to take this trade. Survives the attack from the Wolf Carl. I miss the attack, re-roll with the Fate Stone, hit the attack, deal the damage, and he panics. He rolls a 1 on his D12 discipline roll and panics. I, I, gotta, I gotta run him down because I'm, I'm ahead enough and he's taken enough wounds that if this Wolf Carl dies, he loses the game. He, he breaks. So I choose to run him down. He rolls a 3, we have the same speed. All I need is a 3 or a 4. I tarch the D4. I have the Destiny Stone that he got on his own, that the Steel Fang got on his own. Reroll it. Rerolled it, hit the three, ran him down, won the game by break. Nice. That Steel Fang was the absolute MVP of that that game. Got a Fate Stone, got a Destiny Stone, all on her own. Succeeded in running down a Wolf Carl that panicked in a combat where she only had one life point. It's like, where is this in campaign? Seriously. <laughs> Tim used all of his luck uh, to beat me. <laughs> That's clearly, clearly what happened there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a great game. That's awesome, man. Yeah, those are some big moments. You know, those are uh, tournaments always have those like big, awesome moments that happen. So that's really exciting. All right. So uh, sounds like you played a lot of Traz in tournaments. You have uh, won Adepticon with uh, your Chakram. So are you looking at a different faction for the next tournament? What what are you thinking? Uh, I'm probably going to stick with either Chakram or Trazerite. I haven't really decided uh, what I'm going to do for the next tournament, but with it being only my first tournament with Chakram, there's still so many ideas that I have for variations on my lists, things I could try out. Uh, so I may do that, or I may return back to my Trazerite list and uh, make some adjustments with that with the new ally rules to see how things change for me there. Yeah. So and it it's going like, to be one of the two. Yeah, it sounds like you'll still be playing Trazerites and Chakram, even if you'll yeah. still be playing Chakram <laughs> if you go Trazerite, So Definitely. Uh, that's funny. Cool. Yeah, I think it's always uh, – I like to mix it up. Um, if anybody's followed the my tournament history, I've never run the same list or the same faction twice. So See, up and up until this tournament, I hadn't either. But it doesn't work out for me like it works out for you. 
Uh, yeah. This is the second time I've run Herod Ellen tournament, but I've ran Kendorin, I've ran Bandits, something else. I think when I placed in top four, I was running Bandits, Bandits. though. Yep, you were running so, Blackthorn. So maybe I should go back to that. I don't know, but yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll have to see what I'm running next. Who knows? Running out of factions, we're gonna have to keep making more. Yeah, I guess. You gotta, gotta release more factions. Come on. Yeah, Patreon. one of these time I'll I'll run Coronans, but thankfully with the ally rules, that'll give Jeff some nice you know, room. To... You know, I I don't know if I'm gonna be running allies. There's just some like factions. I feel like why wouldn't you? You know. I think it's definitely going to vary from faction to faction. I think some factions aren't going to want to use very many allies. For example, Chakram. I don't know if Chakram are going to want to run uh, any of the allies. They really yeah. function around their water features, like Wall of Water, the water features that they get to place for free. And right. bringing in a model that won't have Amphibious and do the things that yeah. Chakram lists want to do is going to be a really hard call. Did they get access to Mershael at all? Uh, I don't think they did. I know they got access to Traz, but I don't know what else. Yeah, that makes sense. I I am um, what you call it. I'm excited to get flying in Haradel now. Just one, but it'd be cool. <laughs> yep. Like yay, speed! Look at it. It's so beautiful. Tear shit. I I like the new ally rules a lot. I just don't know if I'll be running them in tournaments. That's all. So right. It, but it, then again, it'll I'm vary for sure what I'm mileage weird. you get. So, well, uh, Jager, thanks so much for joining us uh, on our podcast today. Um, you know, if uh, anybody has any questions for Jager, just annoy the crap out of him on the Discord. I'm sure that's fine. And so, <laughs> or you can but, comment on uh, the post and see if he responds there too for the Face uh, Free Blades Players page. We're going to post this up on there. That's so, probably a better uh, way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably better because he'll change his name on Discord and disappear. You know. Yeah, he's won just a tournament. He's gonna take. Shadows. Yeah, take your coin and run. Never show just, up. Again. Just lurking in in the shallow waters of the Shocker Miles. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Perfect. Waiting in ambush until he strikes again. Well, cool. Uh, Jager, are you gonna be coming to Gen Con? I think that's the next big one. I don't know if I'll be around. Uh, making it to Gen Con, I'll have to check the schedule and see how it uh, compares to my already scheduled vacations. I already have a couple of vacations scheduled in the fall, so we'll see if I'll be able to fit it in with my work and everything else. Gotcha. So maybe, but I, well, it's questionable. Yeah, hopefully November 4, 5, and 6 is one of those vacations to come to Midmitten Gaming Con where we'll be having the North maybe. American Championships. So... All right, well, I hope uh, all of you out there have a good day, evening, morning, whatever um, it is for you. And uh, we'll be back. Our next uh, our next episode is going to have um, Brandon on it talking about new player perspective as well his, as his uh, gorgeous display board. Um, so Yeah, we're really excited about that. We hope you enjoy these next couple episodes and continue to listen. We thank you. So. Have a happy whatever time of day it is. <laughs> day, night, morning, day, night.